This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by a long-term friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine. It is the wonderful Becky Cruel. How are you doing, Becky? I'm so good. It, the sun is shining. I'm having a great day. And you're particularly, you're like really flowery dressed. You're, you've like come for the summer. I'm here for the summer. Honestly, all my all my winter clothes are just my summer clothes with like really thick tights on. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really here for this weather. My summer clothes are my winter clothes plus scissors. Okay. I just take my yeah, scissors good. to my winter clothes and just and just fashion them up a little bit. Good, I I'm, love I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing a crop top today. You look so uh, cute. I th- love it. Thank you. Um, this isn't something that I usually do, but it's something I want to do a little bit more. Yeah. I've I've, I've very recently started started shopping in the women's sections of, of, of clothes shops, and when and when I first ever ever did this, I was really like really really nervous about it, and I remember um, me and my friend going and going to buy uh, an item of women's clothing, and the cashier being like. You do realise that this is a woman's t- woman's so jacket, rude, don't you? Really? So I was a little bit nervous about it, but I'm, I'm I'm getting a little bit more confident, and I'm trying to like trying to live my I'm trying to live yeah. my best life. The concept of like gendered clothing is ridiculous. It is Just ridiculous. Wear whatever you want. And I, I have a theory that if we went into like a like a clothes store on the high street and took away all the gender labelling, just put all the clothes in one room, I think you'd get a lot more men wearing clothes that are made for women, and a lot more. Um, women wearing clothes that are made for men? Yeah, totally. A lot of my male friends who wear skinny jeans said for years and years they had to buy the girls' skinny jeans and they got made fun of for wearing skinny jeans because it was the only way that you could buy them. Yeah. But now, like, they're just like a staple boys' clothes item. So, you know what? Times change, fashion changes. It does change. Yeah. So, many, so many of my friends... I've not done this yet, but so many of my friends say as well that, like, women's jeans fit so much better on men. They probably do because there's so many more different varieties. Yeah. So, I think that fashion altogether is becoming better and more well-fitting. I think so, yeah. too. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, Becky, tell us a little bit about you. For any of our listeners who don't know who you are, um, tell us what you do, um, where you came from, what your background is. Tell us all the things about you. I know, obviously. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> for the others. Um, so, I... This is my 11th year on YouTube. I did not know that. Okay. That's so, insane. Yeah. So, I'm, I just... I turned 23 yesterday. <sighs> So it's kind of like over half, or is it half? Of your life. Of my life. That's insane. Online. Wait, so how old were you when you started? Maths, Callum. Oh, Very 12. simple maths. 12. Yeah, 12. Wow. Yeah, so really like too young to be on the platform, quite frankly. Um, uh, that's debatable. Yeah, well, you know, the internet's like everything now, but back then it really wasn't like, you know, I would say something about like memes to my friends at school, like when I was that young and they yeah. wouldn't know anything about it. And now that's all the young people care about. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. that's so so crazy. So like, how did you even get into YouTube at that age? Well, because YouTube was just starting. This would yeah. have been two thousand six. This was, I started in two thousand seven. It began in two thousand six. Before that's I was crazy. on YouTube, um, there was a website called Bolt dot com, which has since changed, deleted. I don't know. It's disappeared. But it was kind of like a primitive version of YouTube slash MySpace, mm-hmm. um, where it was like a blog site, but you, there was also videos, like video searching. And um, there was some original content creators on there as well. And I was like so into it. I just thought it was so fun. There was like some like, they were, you would call them YouTubers now, but I guess they were like bolters back then. Yeah. Um, who just like, you know, made really cool, like fun um, 
jokey videos like old classic old school YouTube and I thought it was so cool just because they wanted to and it was a creative outlet and yeah. not for any because there was no real no. monetary gain or anything like yeah. that back then yeah when did you start YouTube oh I'm like a, I'm I'm relatively I'm like four years okay. which compared to you I'm like brand new to no, the platform but that's still like pretty old school compared like compared to you know people who started like last year and everything yeah so. the, the, I mean but there are people out there who tell me about like old YouTube and they show me like pictures of what you YouTube used to look like yeah and it's like it, it kind of looks like MySpace, but but weird. Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't there for any of that, and I feel like I missed out. <laughs> I mean, in a way, you know what I miss? They had the old school partner program banner at the top, okay. and the sidebar artwork, and you could change your banner and your sidebar. And I, every day, I think about it, and I miss it more and more. So you could like customize your page Proper and make it look all pretty. Yeah. Why now, would they take that away from us? I don't know. <laughs> no websites have got proper customization left. The only one that does is Tumblr. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I love Tumblr. Yeah, me too. I oh. just use it for naked man. Well, That's probably not what you use it for. <laughs> like a secret identity as like having like a really high level meme blog mm. where like I basically for ages because um, back in the day like my social media got like a lot more engagement but Tumblr yeah. was like my secret social media and uh, I, I made it so like I didn't promote it on anything else and I only grew it organically and so I got to about 9k and like all I do is just post like memes like every single day before I go to bed I like relax and I just like post loads of I need memes. to follow I need follow, to follow this get involved but, you, but it's a secret one so you can't tell it's not secret anymore oh you've, you've, you've let the cat out of the bag I've let the cat out of the bag bcky.tumblr.com okay I'm on it yeah I'm getting on that tonight get your, get your meme live Get my meme life. Absolutely. You know, I know um, somebody who has quite a large following online. I'm obviously not going to say who it is. Okay. Um, and they're, you know, they're a really popular creator. And they actually have a secret Tumblr Ooh. that um, that has like two, three million followers on it. But nobody knows it's them. Oh, my God. But they, they, they kind of use it to share, like, naughty things. Oh. But nobody so, knows it's them. So nobody dangerous, knows. dangerous, though. Not, 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 not naughty things of themselves. Oh. Just, like, it's like a, cura- you know, oh, Tumblr. Cura- like, yeah, curating yeah, yeah, sure. and pulling little bits and pieces that you that mm. you found across Tumblr. That's so funny. But that's the thing. Like, Tumblr, like, you can really be so anonymous on it. Yeah. It's, I, I honestly, I'm going to be so sad the day that it dies. I really, what do you mean, what the day that it dies? I hope that it doesn't, but uh, I've. I've got a feeling. You, you, you're scaring me. <laughs> it's not as popular as it used to be. <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, me too. I'm like a big Tumblr advocate. It's, it's so much fun. For me, it's like me time. Yeah. You know, when I need to like have a quiet moment. And I'm not even talking about, you know, that. <laughs> I just mean when I want a quiet moment alone, like get into my Tumblr zone, reblog some pictures. Yeah. That, that's it my really thing. It really is so different to all the other social yes. networks as well. Like it, you can get in that zone and also... The audience who are on there, mm. for a lot, for the most part, I think that they're intelligent, a, very yeah, intelligent, really smart. They're very woke. Yeah, really woke. That's how I became woke. Was Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do feel like there's a surprising amount of kind of political discourse that happens yeah. on Tumblr. Like, I feel like I've learned so much about. I mean, even LGBT plus issues. Yeah. If there's ever like an issue I don't understand, just have like a deep dive into Tumblr. And there's so many people talking about it in a really kind of articulate and intelligent way. Yeah. And it's actually. Yeah, I am. It's uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to say it's like oh, it's almost like an educational resource. Like you the amount I've learned from that website yeah. is insane. And obviously, you need to check everything because anyone can say anything, and you need to check that's actually true. But I, I I do genuinely think it's an amazing tool for educating yourself. Like, but it's kind of, Twitter's similar, but Twitter you have to be so 
succinct with your yeah. messaging that it's hard to really have a full length discussion you know what the I'm sure we're probably going to touch on this later but the first time that I came out and I kind of came out and went back into the closet I yeah. came out again a few times and um, was on Tumblr because I felt really? I felt more comfortable with the audience on there yeah that I felt like I could be myself there and talk about it and discuss it because it's something which was obviously weighing on my mind especially like a lot I think I was about 14 or 15 so quite so quite young yeah so let, let, let's not talk about that later. Let's talk about, talk that about r- it now. right now. Okay. Yeah. So I want to know about like your YouTube journey and then and then how that fits into it and how yeah. coming out on Tumblr. And then when was it until you came out publicly? Like last year. <laughs> was it really that? S- yeah, really recent. Wow. I know. So that's a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, because I had already came out and like I sometimes like discussed my sexuality like a little bit like hinting at it on Tumblr still in that area some of my very dedicated fans who like knew me on Tumblr knew this about me already so when I came out last year on YouTube a lot of people were still kind of like oh we already knew this we already knew this yeah yeah a majority of people probably didn't so yeah I think we can very much get in the mindset as kind of like people who share our lives online it can Mm -hmm. be very easy to think that if I share a piece of information somewhere online that my entire audience base and every single person in the world is going to know that thing about me there'll often be times where I'll say something in passing on Twitter and then I almost kind of assume that like nine months later some completely random person is going to know that thing about me and it's not the case you know you know what I think you're not the only person who makes content online who has this mindset because I certainly have been susceptible to it as well until I realise I'm talking to like someone and like they just they don't know all these things about me but because you've you've done the act of sharing it you've shouted it into like the world you expect that you know every every, single person in the world is going to know that thing even every person who follows you is going to know and like they don't like so many things are missed i know how much stuff i miss yeah like you know? i there are there, there are people out there who i absolutely adore i love their content i'm like borderline obsessed with them mm-hmm. and then the amount of stuff i don't know about them that they've shared online because you don't see every single piece of content you can't possibly consume every yeah. single thing about that person you'd have to live your life and their life to know everything yeah right? absolutely for like uh, how many people do we follow like hundreds hundreds yeah thousands no hundreds <laughs> hundreds i feel like i'm in the thousands i don't know i follow you, a lot i can't stay on top of all I, it's too no, much no it's too, too much. much i keep having to like shrink down and then i feel really bad for like unfollowing people yes Sorry for unfollowing you, Becky. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Look, check. I promise. Promise I didn't. I don't I didn't. need to check. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shall we have a bit of music? Yes. All right. Bop. This is one of your choices. I, I'm going to butcher this. Odzeki? Odzeki, yeah. Odzeki? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I might be butchering it as well. And it, this is Already Dead. Yes. Oh, what tune? What, what tune, apparently. Can't wait to hear it. Get involved. So, Becky, I want to talk about sharing so much of our lives online. You know, so many, I do it, you do it, so many of our friends do it. And I kind of want to talk about, like, where the line is. Like, where do you, where do you draw the line and say, no, I'm going to keep this thing personal? Or do you think that if if you put your life online, then you should kind of share every single detail of your life? There are, I know that there are a lot of hardcore fan bases out there who kind of expect to know every single detail and they almost feel entitled to know things about you if you don't want to share them. And if you don't share them, there can often be that kind of thought of, well, this isn't fair. You've shared everything with us and now you're keeping this from us. Like, what, what, t- Let's talk about your videos and you 
and and how what your thoughts are on that i think it's super difficult especially if you've been online for a long time because like the culture has changed so much um i think one of the things i see is a lot of people keep things to themselves for one reason or another um whether it's like relationships or sexuality or even like plastic surgery i see a lot of like vitriol about that and people keep it private for a lot of reasons but the number one reason which audience especially like you know the kind of like hatery kinds of people think is because they're trying to be deceitful and they're trying to um you know hide things from us so they make it their mission to uncover it and reveal it and like find out for themselves and it's so toxic Mm. but like the reasons are usually because a person's shy or because they you know they just aren't able to talk about it at that moment or anything and i think the thing that's missing is maybe clarity and uh, reassurance from the creator to that audience about things instead of keeping it a complete secret and like not saying anything yeah yeah but i i I don't know it's something which always like plays on my mind and it's it's hard to weigh up because you 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 know things stay online forever they do and it's a scary scary thought sometimes that you literally every tweet every nonsense tweet i send that just pops into my head that's there forever and yes you can delete it after 30 seconds but somebody will have screenshotted it right someone will have saved it someone will have screenshotted it like you have to know from the moment that you step online when you're what nowadays eight nine ten years old everything that you post is public and in the public domain forever you know it's terrifying it's it's really 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 scary yeah how do you feel about things like um one thing that i think uh creators and online personalities celebrities etc try to keep secret is often like romantic relationships Mm. um and i know again that there can be almost i've had friends who have gotten into relationships and they've they've been very public about the fact that they're in a relationship look i've met somebody really special and i'm in a relationship now and then their audience will try and figure out who it is and they'll yeah. be looking for clues and it's almost do I want to see yeah, I, I feel like it's almost disrespectful to that person if they've said look I'm in a relationship I don't I don't want to share who that is because I want to keep that personal I want to keep that private and then sometimes there can be this almost like a sudden like a crack team of spies breaks out and they're like right let's figure out who it is and let's look at every little tiny detail of everything to try and figure out who the person is yeah completely I mean just in the news this week Liza and David's breakup. Oh, yeah, the breakup. Yeah. Every single day I read BBC News, like the most read features. And then I went on it the other day. I was like, oh, my God, YouTube's leaked into the real world yeah. again. <laughs> David and Liza's breakup is on like the top read of BBC News. But yeah, they, like that's such a large scale breakup. And they've been so mature about it and so you know, good to each other. Because they made a video together, right? Yeah, I've not actually that they watched broke. it I yet. haven't seen it either. Yeah. But I think they, they did it together and they said, look, we've 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 broken up and I, I think we have friends as well who have uh, gone for a breakup recently Alex Bertie and, and yeah, Jake Edwards oh, that video was, um, it was very like you know thoughtful but then I saw um, Alex was tweeting about how he's like lost a few followers from it as well and it's, it's so sad that that can be like the fallout and that's that's one of the shames that there are about um, having a relationship online and then also you know creating content about your relationship almost yeah um that can feed into like the entitlement from the audience a little bit as well and people you know thinking that they know better about your relationship based off what you've just shared online rather than your actual like nuanced real life relationship when like the 90 percent of the relationship that's not videoed not tweeted about not shared well that's the thing i feel like it's i, I feel like it's like more like 99.99 percent yeah. like you only share a tiny little you know if it's an instagram post you're literally sharing a, a, a second yeah of your day completely you know if it if it's a video if it's a vlog even if that vlog's half an hour long that's still half an hour in a 24 hour day 
it's such a tiny, tiny portion of that. And people, I think they kind of get this idea that they completely know a person, they completely know a relationship. I think um, going back to Alex and Jake particularly, I think because they were an LGBT plus relationship, I think a lot of people um, almost like latched onto them and they saw them as this amazing couple because we don't see much LGBT plus representation. So you can see like a lot of particularly young viewers seeing that and latching onto it. Yeah. And then for something when something like that breaks apart there's almost there is almost this audience entitlement it's not right but you can almost understand where it comes from they you know you look to an lgbt plus relationship as a as almost like a beacon of hope yeah and when that falls apart then it can leave people kind of scrambling around for something to grab on to yeah especially when it brings you so much joy to see that kind of representation and see you know this is something which I, I can have myself as well one day in the future and you know life is tough when people break up whether it's your friends let alone like your favorite youtubers yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and 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 you you vlog yes um, i do you've recently started something new on your channel i, I believe have, yeah i mean basically i've just started well you know what i think all of this has started from like the adpocalypse a little bit oh god and, not the adpocalypse yeah and like youtube <laughs> just kind of having a really strange algorithm and when that happened and my channel like the numbers started like going a little bit strange i was mm. like you know what i don't care i'm just gonna make whatever i want because you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you exactly. can try your hardest you know tick every box great thumbnail great title great tags great description great content and it can still fail exactly so now i'm like you know what whatever i'm just gonna have fun and i've been having fun vlogging lately um and one of my biggest aspirations has always been to show more of my personality on my channel because I feel yeah. like I've always done a lot of like showcasing things like whether it's like the dancing videos ages ago or like the fashion videos just talking about something rather than like you know injecting my personality into it and even before I remember when I was editing like fashion haul vlogs I would edit out the fun bits where I was like just chatting I was like no I need to get to like the content it's getting too oh, long oh no that's such a shame because right? exactly. that's where you that's where you shine and that's where you come across but yeah. I can abso- I can absolutely understand why you did that at the time and why you felt at the time that that was the right thing to do yeah yeah. Um, especially with, I feel like with YouTube, it's like, here is here is your cookie cutter and mm-hmm. this is what you have to do. And you can often try and fit yourself into that. And, and like you said, no matter no matter what you do, it, it, it can still fail. So being yourself, I think, is the most important thing. That's why you started doing it in the first exactly. place. Exactly, yeah. Literally just sharing, like, sharing myself, sharing, you know, what I'm passionate about, what I'm interested in. And that's what I've like, gone back to doing now. So I'm just like having fun doing really, really like vlogs full of a lot of memes like a lot of my personality literally like one of my friends said your vlogs are like your your twitter personality like come into your youtube videos and i'm loving it and i'm like you know what that's great and everyone's saying like i can see that you're having fun and um that's you know it's making me enjoy the vlog more so it's so 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 lovely to to hear that feedback as well and to see that people to see that people notice for a start to, to see that people notice the change in you but also to see that they're being so supportive that perhaps you're taking a slight change in direction and perhaps you're showing your personality a bit more that's a that's a really really positive and and wonderful thing it's scary when you put your personal your personality out there because like that's you and you know people can kind of you know poke pins in things that you like but if they're poking pins in you that's 10 times more painful yeah. So I'm a little bit scared when I look at the comments. I always like shield my eyes a bit. But <laughs> literally every single one has been so nice and so kind and so supportive. So I'm very lucky with the audience that has stayed with me and is supporting me like even until now. No, it's it's yeah. it's, it's so so lovely. And 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 again, you're absolutely right about. I think we are kind of in this unique position of being online content creators, where our brand is 
us. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're uh, if you're you know director of a company and your company fails, obviously that's not a good thing, and you're yeah. not going to be happy about that, and that's going to be hard to take. But it's not you. Yeah. And when your brand and yourself are so closely connected, any small failure, any criticism is not just a criticism of your brand, but it's a criticism of who you are as a person. Completely. And I know a lot of people out there say, well, you put yourself online, then that's you what you deserve. It. You yeah. should expect this. But I think, you know, people need to be a little bit more forgiving sometimes. And I think people need to, you know, say, look, this is a person's life. And if, if I don't like something about it, then maybe I should uh, reserve my comments. But you know what online trolls Ooh, are like? Oh, if only, if only. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely don't like to reserve their yeah. reserve their comments. Um, I, I, I really, really want to talk a little bit more about your, do we say fame? You were like famous in Japan. Well, well, yeah, yeah kind, kind of. of. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to come back to this. Um, we're going to have a bit more music, and then Ooh. I really want to dive a little bit deeper into okay. that whole side of thing because I I I know ish about it, but I actually don't know the details. I'm very excited. I want to tell you about it like firsthand from my because you can read about it, but it's different if I tell you about it. You know? Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. It feels like an exclusive. Probably okay. not. You've probably said it on YouTube, <laughs> but we'll we'll call it an exclusive. All right, this is. Elvis Presley, good choice. Yay! Ooh, how exciting. All right, so let's talk. Um, let's talk more about Japan. Because, okay. So when does... I don't even know where we begin with this. When did this start? How did you become a sensation in Japan? This was from YouTube, right? Yes. Story time. Story time. So um, I started YouTube when I was 12 and I was kind of making like stupid little vlogs like, you know, what you, what kind of videos are you going to make when you're 12? Yeah. Well, believe me, I found things to make videos about. They weren't very interesting, but at least I was trying yeah. on my one megapixel phone. <laughs> um, I found, okay, I found manga, which is like Japanese comic books yeah. in Waterstones when I was oh, younger. Wait, I, I always got confused because I always thought manga was like Japanese porn comic books no that's hentai that's hentai yeah i get very confused it is the, it, so manga is just like any is anything ja- any japanese yeah, comics yeah yeah it's it's um they're, they're quite cool like there's like usually like long stories and like there's different genres like magical girl and like romance anything like it's great and i really fell in love with it when i was like so young yeah and i wanted to like research more about it because i was like wow like this is so different to anything that i've ever seen yeah um and i Search online, I found like anime, which is like the animated versions of the manga stories. And some of them had like really cool music. And I was like, what's this music? And then some of them had like a dance to the music. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I was researching it. And then I found other girls online were like copying the dance and posting and uploading it. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Because I always loved dancing. So I was like, well, I'm going to learn the dance and I'm going to post my own videos. Amazing. And that's what I did. And nothing happened for ages. I had like my small little like gang. I remember doing a two. 200 subscribers special. Wow. Yeah. So this was very, very early days. Very early days, yeah. And then one day, one of my videos went viral, but I didn't know it went viral because it went viral on a different website, which is a Japanese video sharing website called Nikuna Kuroga. And it was like number one of the ranking on there. But the thing is, people were trickling over to YouTube. So I was like, something's happened. I've been posted somewhere. Because you were getting little bits and you you knew something was going on, but Um, you couldn't put your finger on it. Exactly. I was like, Mm. I don't know where these people are coming from. And then someone told me and I was like, Oh, okay. And like, I started getting like more and more views, and it kind of got bigger and bigger. And then suddenly, I was getting like photos of like my video, like in a magazine in Japan. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And then suddenly, I was getting emails like, Becky, we want to manage you and bring you to Japan so you can like perform and dance and work there. And oh I was gosh. like, 
I need to talk to my parents. <laughs> yeah, because you were how old at this point? Uh, 13. 13, yeah. wow. And you were getting people saying that they wanted to manage you. Yeah, and I was like, well, this is beyond my remit yeah. of care for myself. So <laughs> let's get mom and dad involved. And they spoke to me about it and they were like, um, this is cool. Their, f- their like whole reasoning throughout the whole thing has been, um, we don't want you to grow up Wish, like you know, wondering what could have been if I went for that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Take opportunities because they only come around once, and absolutely. you know, obviously I was like in school, and they were like, "You can redo your exams if you need to," you know, but you can't redo opportunities. They only come around once. Yeah. So very lucky for my very supportive parents that's amazing yeah Yeah, and there I went off to Japan at the age of 13 and um, did you get did you um, you ended up in did you get put into a group or have I made that up no that's the case yes oh, okay, so yeah. I went out I did some solo stuff I like filmed like a dance DVD and some songs by the way I'm not a singer by any means <laughs> I was really I didn't want to sing yeah at all I was like look I'm a dancer I, I can kind of do that um I'm not singing. I've never posted a singing video. I'm very, very scared of singing. I really don't like doing it. Um, and they were like, no, come on, do it. And I was like, I don't want to. They're like, do it. And I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was kind of like stressful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I did end up being in a group with two other girls the next time that I went to Japan and we did like a little kind of girl group. So you were just thrown together with them? Yeah, um, I knew them kind of online because we okay. were on the same management. Okay. But it was, yeah, Becky Cruel and the Cruel Angels. Oh, yeah. I love that. We did a little song. It was a really fun trip. Um, I still keep contact with um, the girls today. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. And it, how, how big did it blow up there? Because you've got like, even now you still have like hardcore fans in Japan, right the thing is about virality and over the years is now so for example my amazing wonderful housemate kelsey ellison on youtube yeah. went viral last weekend for the the- harry potter she was dressed as hermione yeah, yeah. i did not i didn't even know you lived with her yeah yeah it's so nice to move to london with a friend i swear yeah. um but yeah so she went viral she's had i think over like 20 million views at least on yeah. this video um but it wasn't her that posted it it was connie it was connie who posted, who posted it. it yeah yeah but the thing is, like, and this goes for both of them, like, virality, she's got some, like, mainstream press off it, but compared to what I got, which was, I got 1 million views, and I got about, like, 20, 30,000 subscribers from what happened to me when I went viral. Yeah. And I had, a, you know, a bit of a career in Japan from that. Yeah. And now you can get hundreds of millions of views. And not get anything from it, really. It doesn't equate really. to it. And yeah, it's so strange. Like, you have to try, like, 10 times harder like a hundred times harder get like 10 billion times more lucky to like have the same kind of thing so there's like the good things and the bad things about you know virality and like Mm. over the ages like how it's so different now i think it i think it as well it can depend on what you go viral for yeah if you go viral for something very personal and something really really about you as a person you know maybe you share an emotional personal story or something online and that goes viral I think often you can get a lot of people who are drawn to you and will come and follow you and will want to learn more about you and will want to follow you on whatever it is that you're going to do Yeah. but if you're going viral for well in, in Kelsey's case uh, um, like a little comedy Harry, I don't even know what yeah, we call it. I like don't, a, I don't. A, a dance, a Harry Potter dance. She's dressed as Hermione. She's like voguing to like She's Super voguing, Mario yeah. music. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> Check it out if you've not seen it. it. It's really cool and everybody's sharing it. Yeah. Um, and I, when I first saw it, I didn't even realise it was her because she's dressed as Hermione. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's difficult for people to go, I want to follow this specific person and I want to know more about them. It's more about that individual piece of content yeah. that people are sharing. So how was it for you? Did you? Where did you fall into that? Was it people? 
people were following you for you or people were following you for, oh my God, we love this video? I, you know what, it's so hard to tell. I think the thing was that there was quite... Uh, there's a little bit of a story because I'm this what am I like 13 year old girl who lives on the Isle of Man this tiny island in the UK and I'm so tuned in to this like really weird niche obscure Japanese hobby (laughs) and you know two islands all the way across the world thousands of miles apart and like the internet's still like you know being born essentially you know YouTube's still being born this is like right at the beginning um so I think that really kind of captured the imagination of a lot of Japanese people um, yeah. in Japan. And they just kind of thought it was quite nice that I was really participating in like this strange aspect of their culture. Because you were just this little island girl yeah. living in your own little world. And somehow you were connected into that whole yeah. side of things. Well, my old manager um, put it one way. He said um, the thing about Becky in Japan is that she's not like... Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift's fame in Japan because they're Western stars who also have fame in Japan. Sure. Whereas for me, even though I'm not Japanese, I was a Japanese native act because I wasn't really popular anywhere else but Japan. Yeah. Um, so and they were the ones who who, who found me, who like brought me up essentially um, online. So um, yeah, like I was definitely like a Japanese act, even though I'm not Japanese. Never have tried to be or anything like that people and have, always assume <laughs> and have you found yourself almost like influenced by Japanese culture like do you speak any Japanese presumably you speak a little bit if you spent a lot of time there here's another fun fact oh here um, we go I did my GCSEs as you do and I elected to take a Japanese GCSE as okay. well um, my school didn't run it they just were uh, kind enough to facilitate me taking it and I got an A and that's the only Yay. A I've ever got in anything <laughs> and it's the one that I taught myself essentially so oh, that's so Interesting. Right, it shows that when you're passionate about something, you can really succeed. Yeah, there's a there's a life I, hack for you. I really, I really, really like that. Yeah. Well, I, f- I feel like I've just learned an awful lot about you, Becky. Um, but we're gonna play a little game. We're gonna play some two truths, one lie. Ooh, um, okay. So, so get your get your three facts ready. Okay. Um, we'll have a bit of Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh yes. And then we'll come back and we'll learn all about you. Brill. Very excited. Listen, just leave or stay. But I'm done listening to Uh oh, I've just spilled my drink. That's it. I was just very excited about Carly Rae Jepsen, is, is what happened there. I love a bit, love a bit of Carly. Um, all right. Two truths, one lie. So for, for our lovely listeners who don't know how this game works, Becky has three facts about herself, but one of them is completely fabricated, and I'm going to figure out which one that is. All right, so take it away, Becky. All right. So, fact number one. I've been to Japan 16 times. Oh, well, okay, well. <laughs> uh, that seems like... Uh, um, that seems like... It seems like it very well could be true because obviously what we've just talked about, mm-hmm. your career in Japan, that you love Japan, that you would have had loads of opportunities to go over there. But 16 seems like a like a lot yeah. because when you were going over, like when you first went over, you were there for quite an extended period, right? Well, I obviously was still in school in the UK. Oh, so you had to be coming back, bit and of back and forth. forth. Mm-hmm. 16 still, though. It's quite a few. 16 is quite a few times. Oh, I don't. And you do. And you, you got an A in your Japanese GCSE. Doesn't mean that I'm very good, but I'm good uh, enough to get an A. <laughs> say something in Japanese to me. Uh, konbanwa. 
good evening. Oh, that was beautiful. Thanks. Say something else. Oh, like what? Uh, I don't know. Say, tell me I'm beautiful. Oh. Uh, Your skills are failing you. Kiredes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you very much. I think that's right. Someone might correct me. Ah, uh, no, no, nobody from Japan's listening. We're fine. Great, fine. <laughs> <laughs> My viewers might be, and they probably know a little bit as well. They can, they can call me out on it later. Hello, 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 Japanese viewers. If you are indeed listening, I hope they are. That would be nice. That would be quite cool. We love the. Japanese. I was looking at my YouTube stats the other day, and I've got one person who gave my video a like in Oman recently. O- Oman is in the Middle East. I think so. Oh, that's nice. I know. I was like, I was just looking at it and like there was all these like one somewhere, one other place. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's always nice to see when you, because I think sometimes when you look at almost like your viewers, you can look at a number. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's nice to think about that every single one of those numbers is an actual real person. Yeah. Like every single video view. Like, because often I get like kind of like in this world sometimes you can you can start comparing yourself to other people and it can be very much like, oh, that person gets a million views on their videos and I only get 10,000 or whatever it is. And then I'm like, hang on a minute. That's 10,000 individual people. Yeah. Who've, who've clicked and watched and, and you know 10 people is incredible never yeah. mind 10,000 never mind a million it's, it's, it's insane when you start to think of them as individual people I don't know if you ever did this as well but when you started getting like a little bit bigger on YouTube for me I was always trying to benchmark against things that I knew like how you know what this number equated to mm. and so where I'm from the Isle of Man um I think I first did it for how many people were in my school, which was 2,000. Yeah. Then I did it for how many people live on the Isle of Man, which is 80,000. And when I got 80,000 subscribers, I was like, like... that's everyone here. That's everyone here. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It was so cool. That was yeah. more, Actually, that was 100,000 was exciting, but 80,000 was like the thing that I've been always thinking about since I was like, what, like 14, 15? I was like, wow. Yeah, that's... That's, 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 that's where incredible. I'm from. Every yeah. single person. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. So give me your next uh, truth or lie. All right. So... Next fact about me is the first time I saw a squirrel was three years ago. What? I know. I I was told you that they were a bit random and a bit bad. What? How? How? That must be a lot. How? Just explain to me how you've never... Do they not have squirrels on the Isle of Man? No, they don't. None? None. Zero squirrels? You know what they do have? Wallabies. What's a wallaby? Is that like a it's is that like, like a koala? A little bit like a kangaroo. <gasps> but they're they're part of the natural ecosystem of the island. And they're like kangaroos. Yeah. And on they, the Isle of Man in the around, UK. They bob around, yes. Is this another lie? Because we um, ha- okay, we have a little thing <laughs> called the wildlife park and some of the wallabies broke out. They had oh, had enough, no. and they bred like <gasps> wildfire. I've just been showed a picture yeah, of a look wallaby. At that. Look, look at, at that. that little man. He's like a baby kangaroo. They're very cute. Oh, I love. Oh, I, fucking, I love wallaby. Yeah, yeah, we'll come over and you can, you know, see the, see all the ones you want in the wild. So then they're not naturally there. No, they were part of a wildlife park and they escaped, yeah. and now they bred wildly. Yes, wildly bred. From well, the- apparently, um, uh, Regent's Park in London is full of wild parrots, and it's because they no. escaped. It's pre- apparently because they. Or escaped from the zoo like 20 30 years ago or something that's really so cool. if you walk around regent's park you see all these parrots everywhere and apparently that's why oh yeah fact. i have to try that yeah and apparently they really like cheese or something <laughs> cheese is it cheese i, d- I don't know be. i'm gonna get everything wrong um wait so you the first time you saw a squirrel was three years ago yes why are there no squirrels on the isle of man the wallabies eat them i don't 
know if wallabies are that vicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Some some animals just aren't on the Isle of Man. We don't have any deer. I think the first time I saw a deer in real life was probably like two weeks ago. What if I like got a, like just like got a load of squirrels? Go, yeah. go to Hyde Park, get a load of squirrels in a basket, bring them over, let them let them free. I think that the environmental health department would have some st- stern words for you Uh-oh. if you did that. <laughs> oh, we just we won't tell them. Okay. We won't tell them it was me. Okay, fine. Sh- 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 it'll be our secret. Secret. Fine. We just say it live on the radio, but sh- <laughs> secret. Um, I feel like, but you've been to the UK and they have squirrels in Japan, right? I don't. I've not seen one in Japan. Oh no, maybe they don't. But you've been to the UK a fair bit. A few like, times. I can literally see a squirrel out the window right now. I don't <laughs> understand how you could have never never saw one. <sighs> I feel like it might be true, but oh, I can't. I can't commit. I feel like both of the things you've said are true so far. Well, and wait I need, for number three. Yeah, I need your third fact. Okay, let me get it up for you. Never seen a squirrel. I know. <sighs> my final fact about myself. <laughs> okay. Is that one of my current dreams is to become a playwright. Ooh. Well, I know you're very wordly. Yeah. Um, Worldly or wordy? Both. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You love a word. I do. You you do like to write. Dictionaries, etymology, it's all there. Have you written a book? No. I feel like this one might be the lie because I think you may have a secret dream to be a novelist. Oh. um, And not actually a playwright. And I feel like this may be why you're trying to trick me, trip me up. But tell me more about why you want to be a playwright specifically. Well... I've just always loved going to the theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really beautiful theatre back home on the island called the Gaiety Theatre. They're always playing different kinds of productions. Cute. I did English literature at A level. Like, yeah. We read some amazing plays. I just think it's like such a such a cool format of written word because especially now that we live in such a like fast paced social media landscape where you know you have to digest a tweet. You don't read a blog post. You read a tweet. You read an Instagram yeah. caption. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. Plays are kind of like a condensed book in a way where you're getting the dialogue and you're getting like stage directions and everything but then you know the, the, it's you know it's quicker to read it and it's I just think you're lying to me I just really? I just think you're lying I just, just mm, yeah something doesn't that, sit right with you doesn't sit right with me think well, you're lying well, to me alright who's not are getting you, VIP you, tickets you, to my <laughs> West End debut are you telling me that you actually like to enjoy a, to read a play yeah. because nothing drove me more ang- nothing ground my gear ground my gears nothing I can't even get my words out. I'm so upset. <laughs> um, nothing annoyed me more in school when they made you read a play. That's my like, favorite bit. No, I was like, this isn't meant to be read. This is meant to be watched. Like, I don't want to read Death of a Salesman. Oh, I love Death of a Salesman. Like, we love Arthur Miller. He, he did he pass away? Um, Probably. Probably. He he was a great playwright. He was excellent. But oh, I don't ever want to read Death of a Salesman. No. Ever. Not again. Never, never, not ever second, again. Never, reading. ever again. Like, <laughs> I, no. So, I don't know. I'm finding it hard to believe okay. that you like to read plays. That that <laughs> that seems like a lie to me. Like, I can understand you liking to go and, wa- and, and go to the theatre yeah. and see a play and yeah. wanting to write, to write it for that reason. But wanting to write a play because you think it's fun to read plays yeah i don't know i just i like writing i like reading i like watching them i just think it's like a 360 experience you know Mm, 360 experience i think you're lying to me becky is that your final answer um no i have another question um about your squirrel thing yeah um have you ever been to the zoo Mm, not i don't think so you're lying I, to no, me. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, <laughs> as of when? 
When did I go? <laughs> You're a liar. I don't think I've ever been to a zoo. I've been to the wildlife park on the Isle of Man. You've never been... Right, no. I don't think okay. I've been to the zoo. Final answer. I see right through your lies is that you have been to Japan 16 times. Is Your secret dream is to be a playwright. And the squirrel thing is bullshit because I just I don't believe a word you're saying. So is that you're, you're saying that the squirrel is the lie? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Final answer. You were so on track. Oh, And then no! you swerved at the last moment. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have asked about the zoo. You shouldn't have asked. So wait, so you actually haven't been to the zoo? I don't think I've been to How the zoo. How do you not know? Like, I feel like... No, okay, I went, like, last Monday for the first time. I went to Bristol Zoo. That's why I was not sure, because I was like, I swear that I've been to a zoo, but I can't think of one. It was really recent. Okay. Because yeah. my housemate is 28 years old, and I took him to the zoo for the first time in his life on Friday. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I was We're like, both having our first zoo experience. I was like, how are, these, how are you adults getting to adulthood without having seen, like, an elephant or a giraffe? Well, I've been from a really small island, so I don't know what his excuse is. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the squirrel thing is true. The, the squirrel thing is true. And the playwright thing. It's not true. I knew it. Why did I hedge <laughs> I thought, my bet? I thought I could get you by saying like, oh, it's like social media. I mean, yeah, I do no. enjoy plays, but I just, I don't know. I thought it'd be so obscure that you'd be like, oh, maybe she is. A, she has got that aspiration. Do you have any aspiration to be a writer at all? I don't think so. I think I am quite a good writer, but I'm not sure what I would write about. You mm. know, like I've not got that. I've not had that like flame light bulb moment where I've been like, I need to write this. I know what you could write about. What? You could write a novel about a girl who grows up on a little island and goes on this whirlwind adventure in Japan at a very young age. Oh, well, that's the concept, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Like, imagine all the little girls that would like to read that. That would be quite cute. Are you thinking fiction or fact? I'm thinking, do it as fiction, yeah. but draw from your own life experiences, because then, yeah. then you can make it, like, crazy and, like, have all these, like, crazy things happen. Yeah, that would be quite cute. I could really, I could, like, live the, you know, the life that's, like, my alter ego life. Where, like, my, I've had my life, it's gone differently. Yeah, I Not like that. I have that. any regrets, but, you know, you get to live two lives if you write a book. I, I'm actually really, really glad that the thing about you wanting to be a playwright wasn't true. <laughs> because if it was true, <laughs> I really pissed all over it, didn't I? Yeah, you were like, Becky, <laughs> this is not you. Come on. I just, I was, like, that's my dream, Callum. That's I my dream. I'm, I'm saying I won this, even though I didn't get it right. You, I, I, honestly, I you, were, you were really drilling down hard. I had to think of a lot of reasons why I wanted to write a play. That was a <laughs> when you said Arthur Miller for The Death of a Salesman, I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty correct about who's the playwright. I don't really remember. Yeah, exactly. Did I did enjoy plays in school, though. Did you? Yeah, 100%. Did you have to read Richard II? I Midsummer Night's nice Dream. Jesus Christ, that was that was a slog. Was it dry? <laughs> <laughs> it was. We love Shakespeare, but you know, we stand. not to be read in 2018 is mm. all I'm saying. Um, we have a, a, a lovely phone guest joining phone us guest. soon, yeah, and I'm very very excited ring, to ring. talk about it? her. Um, but we'll have another one of your choices, I think. Um, Molly Palehound. Yes. Sounds great. It's a bop. Let's have it. <laughs> I am definitely, definitely going to pronounce this this name wrong now. I'm terrible with names. But we are joined by the amazing Meredith O. Help me out, Meredith. Uh, O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Is that an Irish name? It is an Irish name, yeah. Ooh. Knew it, knew it. Uh, I'm joined in the in the studio by the the lovely Becky Cruel and Meredith. We want we want to hear all about. Um, it's it's macar- macarons or macaroons because we mix them up, right? 
Well, macaron is the French way of saying it, and macaroon is the English way of saying it. So we say macaron, but, I, you know, it just I, depends what you want to be able to fancy or not. I always thought they were different things, because I thought one was the, like, fancy French thing, and one was, like, the American coconut thing. Yeah. Is that not true? We made macarons in school, there's, and they were coconut. There's technically three different types of macaroon oh, no. in the English way. It all gets very complicated. <laughs> all you need to know is that we do the gorgeous, delicious French version that is super light and all, like lovely and look gorgeous rather than kind of the clunky old style coconutty one good so, so you're, you're doing the good version of the macaron <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i don't want to like be against the other ones but yeah you know yes we are we're doing the great one okay so for, so for a little bit of context for our listeners because they're probably very confused about what on earth we're talking <laughs> about here you you founded the company oh la la macarons am i saying that right Oh, ooh la la macarons. Ooh la la yeah. macarons. Yep. Um, and the reason we've got you on the show today is to talk about one specific type that you made. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And I'm sure you know which one I'm referring to. Absolutely, yes. Um, well, we made the world's first tampon-shaped macarons. So we um, decided that we... We heard about a charity called Bloody Good Period, which is this incredible charity that is was created to try and combat period poverty because one in ten women and girls in the UK alone can't afford sanitary protection um, each month. And we... Um, well, I decided that I wanted to do something about it and I wanted to contribute to the conversation. And I thought, well, I have this macaron company and what's something that's utterly frivolous and mm. lots of fun that can actually add to a conversation they're a little bit shocking but they're actually very beautiful and so yeah. um i launched the first ones to kind of get people talking about periods a little bit more and not be so ashamed and embarrassed about them i, th- I think it's absolutely incredible and you said there that it's it's kind of shocking and almost like it takes you it takes you aback when you when you see mm. them but I, I kind of think that that, that it, it almost isn't normal that we have that reaction to it. You know, people, we've kind of got this culture in our society where we're afraid to talk about periods when it's such a mm-hmm. natural thing. You know, it literally happens to uh, every woman or every person with a vagina. Um, yep. And it, it, it's almost kind of backwards. So I think it's, I think it's amazing that you've, you've done. And it's such a fun thing as well. Mm. well what I wanted to do is, you know, there's obviously an incredibly serious issue about kind of our mental shame and when you look at kind of poverty and mental shame combined and how that silences women and how young girls can't go to school and women can't go to work and even down to kind of you know if somebody has a heavy flow and they're worried about leaking and all these kind of ramifications which kind of separate um, women out from society potentially on a monthly basis but it was also and that's a really really serious topic but also sometimes to get into these serious topics to have these really valuable conversations you need to have something fun that you can pin onto it and go listen actually we want to have these chats and these really kind of serious political conversations are happening but also let's just all be able to talk about it a little bit more because if we can all talk about it with a little bit less shame um then it can only be a good thing so I, i guess that's my what i was trying to do with the tampon macaron yeah, and I, I definitely think you've kind of you've hit that sweet spot in the middle ground where you've where you've done something which is really serious and really important, and it's and it's raising awareness about a, a really important thing and raising money as well, right? Raising money for yeah. the for the charity, yeah. Um, but you've also created something fun and something that people can talk about online um, and talk about with each other. Like when I saw this, I was like, oh my god, we we have to discuss this. This is and such a such a. I mean, what what I'm I'm really interested in knowing what like the thought process was. How did you you come to just suddenly go right you know what that's it tampon macarons 
Well, I don't just own um, Oolala. I also own a kind of a branding company where I ah, okay. create larger scale projects for brands. And mostly they're about starting conversations about how can we take everyday things and, and, and actually start some interesting conversations with them. And some of those conversations might be fun. I did something with a well-known washing machine maker where I converted washing machines into cocktail makers, for instance. No, you didn't. But, yes, I did. That, oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Like, how does that even work? So, well, it, that's a whole different subject, but you, you have to get someone to find someone that can convert them. And we were pouring cocktail mix into top and they were spinning around and we had a tap on the front so that people could drink cocktails out of washing machines. That's beautiful. Like, that's so cool. Super fun. So it's taking those, those sorts of things, but it's being like, how can we take something that's normal and everyday and things that we're using every day and how can we look at them in a new light? And, and I wanted to do something that actually kind of had a bit of meaning behind it that really mm. was contributing to to a subject and you know as you mentioned on this occasion with the box of macarons for every box that sold it we don't donate 10 pounds which is enough money to buy a woman's sanitary protection for a month so mm. that was just but that was that's just part and parcel of also just having these chats so i guess my the way i thought about it i was a bit like what is something that is really easily recognisable? What is everyone yeah. can look at tampon? And also what's something which somebody people try to hide all the t- time, you know? I was talking to Gabby, who runs Bloody Good Period, and she said, I run a period charity, and I still put a tampon up my arm when I go to the toilet when I'm on my period. And yeah. Like, it shouldn't have to be like that. So no. I was like, let's take something that's really visual, really obvious what it is, and twist it on its head, and, and make something that people want to buy as gifts their friends, that they want to, we've had men buying from their girlfriends, we've had people buying it for people at work. So it's been really lovely, the reaction to them, actually. And, and are, they, are they still available? Like, could I order some online? You absolutely could. So the website is www.ohlala.co. Oh, I'm definitely going to... I think I just need to... I just Let's want, I just want some so in my good. house. I think for maybe maybe all that... I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an almost entirely female team here at FUBAR, so I feel like it's yeah, a... Yeah, team gift. It would be, be a great gift to, to give to my team. They're, they're cheering. They're cheering. They're cheering <laughs> behind the glass. They're, they're, they're definitely all for this. Um, I have yeah. another question for you, Meredith. Yeah. Um, how do you think somebody like me, a man... Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe not me. Many you know, any guy out there. What do you think that men can do to kind of contribute to almost normalising conversations about around these things? Because I think a lot of the stigma and shame almost comes from a, a from a male judgment. Mm, it's interesting. I was having this conversation actually with a taxi driver, a black cab driver, as you do, um, <laughs> and I was telling him all about the campaign, and he was. He was actually really behind me. He was like, I think that's a great idea. I think yeah. it's wonderful. And he said, the thing is, it's not that most men don't think there's anything shameful or bad or wrong about periods. It's just they don't understand them because it's not something that they experience. And when yes. we don't experience something, it's really hard to have empathy with it or to, to kind of talk about it at all. So it's really great that these conversations are happening and people, you know, these barriers are being broken down. But I guess for guys, it's just kind of being a bit aware of like not making a joke about, oh, you're not, you know, you're on the blob and it's that time of the month yeah, and yeah. being hormonal but just being like understanding that you know sometimes it's not very pleasant to you know be bleeding and feeling not your your best and also to be 
reading about kind of this issue of period poverty, I guess the most dispiriting thing is when you have men online, not a lot, just a few kind of being like, oh, I think people are making it up and it's like, this isn't really a problem. And it's like, well, it's not a problem for you, but yes. listen to women. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem for them. And so I think it's just, it's just being being supportive really i think that you know and i just think conversations like everything starts with a conversation doesn't it everything starts with people just being able to talk about something openly and listening to each other yeah absolutely and i and i think i i think i'm almost i don't want to say guilty but i think i'm almost like i feel like i could be doing better i think because you know because i'm a gay man as well um Mm. you know I, i i don't date women i'm i'm not in relationships with women so i almost have that it's another degree of separation where you know obviously i have female friends and things but periods aren't really as much in my life as much as if i was a straight man or 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 a woman and i feel like you know if a if a if a girl takes out a tampon in front of me i i, I don't react at all really but like i think i'm always a bit like oh i don't really understand that thing but i'm not yeah. but i think i've always been a little bit like i'm not going to take an interest in that thing cuz it's nothing to do with me but mm. i think I think that's a that's a bad way of thinking. I think everybody should try and educate themselves about, it, even if it doesn't directly affect you, about um, other human experiences and the people around you. Just it's yeah. a be- it's a better way to understand one another. And I think education is really really important, whether it's education we get from other people or education that we almost teach ourselves. Yeah, but I think it's also you know on that point, it isn't just women that experience periods. Also, trans men have yes, periods, of course, yeah. and that's incredibly you know tough for them, especially if you're kind of having all sorts of feelings about kind of gender and things like that so it isn't just the female thing but yeah. I, I do under, I do understand that it is good to pay an interest but you also it just needs to be part of more of you know we all go to the bathroom you know and you don't necessarily have a conversation with somebody when they go into the bathroom going oh what did you go into there <laughs> yeah sure have a lovely time <laughs> there a long time is that a good one for you it's not like it's making something where somebody, you know, we all have to talk about it. But certainly, I, I know kind of men when I was younger might have seen a picture, you know, passing around pictures of women when they might have had some bleeding on the back of their clothes. Right. And, and yeah. you know, all that shaming. It's the shaming of the situation and the, and the isolating people. That's the thing that, that's really bad. And if you, you know, as with all things, if you see somebody else do it, call it out. If you say, you know, oh, my my girlfriend has her period today or she's not feeling great for whatever, and someone goes, ooh, call it out. Be like, yeah. what's weird about that? What's wrong about that? And it's the calling out of these things, which I think is, you know, the start of changing them. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think yeah. that's a really, really, really important point. Uh, Meredith, you, 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 you've been amazing. I, I think it's everything. I can only commend you on all, all, all the work you're doing. I think it's incredible. I think you're injecting n- new life into a conversation that needs to be had, and, and you're doing Aww. it in a fun way, and I, we can only celebrate that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, can you remind us again, for any listeners who may want to get some of these tampon macarons, mm-hmm. remind us again where they can do that? So online, it's www.ohlala.co. So it's ulala.co. Um, and also you can look at our Instagram, which is ulala.ltv. So ulala limited on Instagram as well. And you do do other different types of macarons as well, don't you? I, Ooh, I, yeah. I, I have written in front of me. I've not seen these myself, but that you've done miniature avocados and sandwiches and ha- hamburgers, unicorns and, and, and unicorns. dishwasher tablets. 
Yes, I so I did a for the larger agency that I was talking about the branding thing. We did a large event, and I had people walking into a dishwasher, an oversized dishwasher, and eating macarons in shape of dishwasher tablets that out is, of the dishwasher. You're a branding genius. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Meredith. It's it's been a treat, and and I'm going to play you out. Um, I'm go- I'm hoping you like this. I'm going to play you out with a little bit of Belinda Carlisle. How do you feel about Amazing. that? Amazing. Thank you. So so much for having me and thank you for having the conversation it's really you know it's really valuable and i really appreciate it of course thanks so much meredith see you later bye bye Fubar Radio presents. We are very honoured, privileged to have with us Oscar-winning director of The Artist, Michelle Hazanavicius. Do you like any yeah. Hugh Grant films? We just played a song from a Hugh Grant film. Are you a Hugh Grant fan? Yes, and yes. actually, yeah, Get the, in. yes, of course, I, yes. I love it. Brilliant. I don't know if he's brilliant as an actor exactly, but he's brilliant as a new grant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every Friday. From 1 p.m. Fubar Radio. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. How do you feel about dating apps, Becky? Apps. So, um, steer clear. My limited experience. Um, is obviously I've said about a million times I'm from the Isle of Man it's a small island Mm, not a lot of people there Mm, not a very big (laughs) radius either so first of all the people that you do meet are like oh I I think I know you oh I think I know your dad Mm -hmm. oh um, were you that girl on the TV Um, and it's like okay bye (laughs) first of all sure then you get random people from like Northern Ireland and Cumbria, which is like the surrounding areas. Yeah. It's like, You're too what far is away. going on? Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think it was for me. I, yeah. pre- I really, like, especially because like, I live such like a digital life. I prefer meeting people in real life. And like, if there's a connection, there's a connection, you know? I often find it a little bit like, I don't mind the world knowing my business. You know, I put myself mm-hmm. online and I don't mind people knowing things about me, especially if I've made the decision to put that out there. But sometimes on dating apps, I may meet somebody and you know i'm not saying that they already know who i am but they Mm. may go and google me and then next minute they can find all kinds of youtube videos that i've made they can find tweets and for years and years and years of tweets and instagrams and they can learn so much about you and i'm like i like maybe on a first date maybe i want to tell you that thing about me like and i almost feel like I'm perhaps losing something by not being able to share that story I wanted to share with you. I actually was on a date once and I went to tell them a story and they were like, oh, yeah, I already know. I watched the video on that. I was like, I, I, I want to tell you the story. Like, no, let me tell totally, you the story. Totally. Like, it, it, I think it really detracts because they start forming an image of you and your personality. Before they've even met you. Right. And it's like, you know, I want you to know the offline me, not the online me. The online me is is public. I want to share it with you, like the private me, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got a little game for you, Becky. Okay. Um, in this game, instead of instead of you're going to decide whether you're going to say yes or no, so okay. swipe left or right okay. to people. Um, instead of based on pictures, it's going to be based on a singular fact about them. Ooh. And you just get one fact about them. Oh wow! And you're going to decide if you want to date them or not. Okay. Okay. Right. So, do you remember which way's which? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever does. Like, I use these apps all the time, and even I forget. Right is yes, left is no. Right is yes, left is no. You look very confused. I'm pro- okay, I'm going to say swipe yes and swipe no. Is okay, okay, fine. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so your first one is, 
Um, your date, having repeatedly texting, saying they're only five minutes away, eventually turns up, unapologetically, an hour late. No. Goodbye. Just just completely no. Swipe no. Yes. I. That's one thing that I feel very strongly about is respect for other people's time. Yes. Like, I'm not, I don't want to sit around waiting for you. You shouldn't have to sit around waiting for me. I feel very strongly about being late to I'm, things. I'm completely with you. Like, yeah. I'm a ridiculously punctual person mm-hmm. and I get like a real I get a real stress and a real panic about being late somewhere even if I, if I say I'm going to meet somebody at 8pm yeah. me turning up at 8.02 is unacceptable, unacceptable yes. like I will be there at 10 to 8 at the latest like I always make sure I'm punctual and always make sure that I'm on time but I think other people like I have friends and it's almost like it just doesn't it's almost like it's not in them yeah, you know? some, people just, some people just like breeze through life and they don't care and it's like not that important to them and it's like that's fair enough but I don't know I just think that I, I wouldn't want somebody waiting around for me and exactly. I don't want to be waiting around for other people you know at least at least the communication needs to be like that and the intent like this person turning up an hour late unapologetic on the first date as well yeah that's a that's a bad situation I think I would probably swipe no as well yeah swipe no I, I, mm, not having it like Mm-mm. oh I might give them a second chance I mean, maybe if, if, they, if I then, really liked them you know what they might open up like later on in the date and be like the reason why I was late is this and this and this you know if they've got a good reason if they've got a good reason yeah. then I'm fine you know yeah. you couldn't help that you got stuck on the tube for 45 minutes that wasn't your fault you know yeah alright your next one breadsticks are on the table your date puts them in their teeth and pretends to be a walrus Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I like that. That makes me like them even yeah, more. Yeah, me too. That's like goofy, but like that's fun. Like I like someone who can just be fun. I'm really glad we agree on yeah, this. Yeah, good. Okay. Maybe we should like have, be, you know, be, be swiping together. together. Oh, yeah. right. D- d- we said different things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you wanted to be a walrus Where's with me. Where's the breadsticks? <laughs> can we get some breadsticks in the studio, please, lovely producers? If they, if they conjure up breadsticks, I'll be very, very impressed. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah we're, we're, we're very much in agreement with that. And, and to be honest, that would probably be me doing that. <laughs> yeah, so, same, uh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me turn around and show you this really cool trick. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Easily impressed. Um, You're having dinner at a restaurant and your date refuses to take off their sunglasses throughout the entirety of the date. No, no. The only reason why they do that is because they're really, really up themselves or they're really, really hungover. Or really, really famous. No, that comes into category one, really, really up themselves. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this actually happened to oh, me no it didn't it did, it no did. Yeah, actually it did um but but he he had reason he was very famous and okay. i i met him and he, he did say look I, I i don't want to be seen i'm just gonna wear my sunglasses and he also was wearing a cap and he had the cap okay quite down um quite far down okay um and yeah he did leave them on for the end it wasn't it was more of a hookup than a date but but even still yeah um and i understood and he but it was the fact that he explained it to me and said why um so yeah for that reason i i i don't think i would swipe left to this i think i would need it it depends on their reasoning and depends on whether they share that reasoning with you if they just turn up in sunglasses and just don't take them off yeah yeah the reason i think is is the fine part there if someone just rocks up and and it depends if are they the black sunglasses or they the colored lenses because the colored lenses you can wear indoors so i've been victim of wearing my colored lens sunglasses on the train and well, I always, especially if they look cute and they right? match your outfit exactly but if it's a black lens 
Jones glasses. I can barely see out of them unless it's really sunny. <laughs> so I, if, especially if you're in a dark restaurant and it's like, what, where's, what's this on the menu? Let me check off yeah. my sunglasses, you know. I, I have a confession to make. I've, I've been wearing my sunglasses all day and I've been wearing them indoors. Um, and it's because I... Did you forget that they were on? Uh, no, I, I, I went to Mighty Hoopla at the weekend okay. and I decided to cover myself in glitter. Ah. Um, and I, so I bought a, like a little glue adhesive uh-huh. that's meant for your skin uh-huh. to apply the glitter to my face. And I think I was like allergic to it or something because it's like burned all under my eyes, oh, no. which you can probably see a little the bit. The thing is, though, all this show, I've been like looking at the tiny little bit of glitter under your eye. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still covered <laughs> in glitter. I can't get, it, can't get it off me. That's um, fine. I quite like it. So I've been, so I've been, I've been wearing sunglasses to hide the the. the burns under my eyes i don't think you i don't think that your skin has flared up that badly but obviously Thanks. if it's not what you're used to then it's, it doesn't make you feel super confident i, I almost yeah. wore sunglasses in the studio and Ooh, then I thought, i'd be like callum's too famous for me my, now i'm gonna put my sunglasses on it, what would you have done if i had just been sat the whole time is it a look with the headphones I and mean, everything else they are a look it's a look but i i don't know i'm i really have to look into people's eyes to talk to them so you can kind of see my eyes. No, you can see my eyes, but I can barely see yours. <laughs> okay, no sunglasses. You know what, though? When I wear those kind of mirrored lenses, I really like it because I can look at people on the street. Yeah, you can stare at people. Yeah, it's and brilliant. Like, oh, it's the best. Favorite game. <laughs> Love staring at people. Um, we've got one more for you. It's your first date, and they pretend to, pretend to propose so you can get a free dessert. That's I've, okay. This is quite fun. Am I, am I, have I been brought into this game like have they said like what we're going to do is we can get a free dessert if i pretend to propose to you are you in and i'm like yeah i'm in that sounds like so much fun like Mm -hmm. that's hilarious that's a great story yeah but if they just suddenly get down on one knee and i'm like what the fuck is going on and then afterwards they're like get free dessert now then I'd be a bit like, okay, well, I, a bit of warning would have been yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100% with you. They need to, you know, make it about the two of us rather than just them doing, like, a random thing. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, what, what is going on? I hate being put on the spot. Do you? Nothing. There's nothing worse than yeah. being put. One of my friends loves to put me on the spot oh. all the time. They'll be, no. he'll, he'll just suddenly pop up and, like, shove a camera in my face. Oh, and I'm like, no, no. stop, stop. I it's the worst. You know what? As a YouTube thing, I don't know if you get this as well, but like, I feel when I'm hanging out with my real friends, I don't want a camera anywhere near us because I feel like it almost becomes a little bit disingenuous, especially when you're with other YouTuber friends, mm. that it is kind of like, if, if there's a camera present, then we're not really having that one-on-one time, you know? Secret pet peeve is hanging out with a YouTuber and within 30 seconds of you being with them, there's a camera in your face. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know. And, not, not a fan. And with your non-YouTuber friends, it's like, I don't know if you're prepared to consent to being online public for like all of eternity like i just would rather not vlog people who don't already make videos and then i'd rather not vlog people who do make videos so turns out that i just kind of get a bit stuck (laughs) (laughs) well i think we're in agreement there becky i think we're in the minority though as youtubers yeah youtubers we don't like we're youtubers who don't like being filmed that's Hmm. weird Maybe we should get a different job. I don't mind people filming me. I just feel really bad about filming other people. I don't want them to think that I'm just there for the content, you know? I'm yeah, there for their content. Time. Their anyway, do you want to be in my vlog? I'm just, just going to do, <laughs> do a quick vlog, Becky. Don't forget to like and subscribe, everyone. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for a bit more music. Uh, this is our oh, j- absolute jam and a half. This is Five in the Morning, Charlie XCX. A million, your diamonds are fake, you ain't golden. 
Boobar Radio presents Harriet Rose. I'm very excited to have Rams in the building with me. I just want to double check if your ting has stopped calling you at 7am because that is horrible. No, I'll speak to him. So a couple of different girls at okay. the 7 o'clock time. All right, okay. So <laughs> it's a thing that you like to do. 7am is your sort of early, witching hour, is it? Early calls are the best. So tell me, where are these other girls from? They're from different areas in London. London? Some cross country. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, in one or two. In maybe America? I'd say, oh, no, 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 no. I can't say that. I can't oh! say that. I was about to say it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm from Walthamstow, so if you've not got any there, mm. I'm free. Mm-hmm. If you're up for it, no? Okay, next time, maybe. Every Thursday, Harriet Rose from 4pm, FUBAR Radio. In just a little bit, we are going to be reacting to your sex confession. So if you want, if you have any questions about dating, relationships, anything like that, you can email callum at fubarradio.com. It is completely um, anonymous and confidential, so we won't, we won't expose your secrets to the world. So do send in your confessions if you would like some advice or just a little bit conversation from becky and i um but before we do that i think we should talk about what every fucking person on the planet is talking about and that is love island oh, oh and and I'm, I'm i'm coming straight in with the controversy okay go on. we can talk about how much we love the show i haven't watched any of the new show i haven't either and by this point every episode is like an hour and a half long i've got about five hours to catch up on and they're gonna do a new episode tonight i'm not ready that means it's gonna get even more hours i'm gonna need to book a day off work to get all of this watching in and i don't know if i'm up to the task honestly becky's very stressed i'm really about pressed about this i don't know what to do <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot. Like I, d- I have not enough hours in the day. No, I've got to got to sit here for two hours and talk to you. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's the worst of it. <laughs> um, there's there, 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 there's been a lot of um, controversy about the new the new season, and and I guess Love Island as a whole. There's been a lot of people online mm-hmm. um, calling it out because of the lack of diversity particularly when it comes to well it's two things really it's mm-hmm. it's, it's body types yes and it's the lack of lgbt plus inclusion um so there's been a lot of criticism for the show because they're kind of having you know loads of these like really thin like size eight size ten girls on there yeah. and then all the guys have like ripped six packs and yeah. that's all you see on the show and there's been a lot of people saying Look, like it's it's 2018. We you, you need to be a little bit more diverse. You need to show different body types. You need to show anyone that watching that show that because that's not the norm. Like it's not the norm. No. We're showing it on TV all the time, but like I don't have a six pack. And like I, like one of my friends has a six pack. It's, it's <laughs> you know what I it's mean. A, it's a full time job keeping it up. Yeah. I swear, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. No, I I totally agree. Like it's it's really upsetting to see that it's I. I don't think it's being considered and if it has obviously it's, is it more hurtful that it's not being considered or is it more hurtful that it has been considered and, and they've decided, decided against, against it. it yeah so you know you like to think the best of people in these situations but I don't know what the truth is honestly and it, you know it's sad because everyone can go to where is it like Menorca Mallorca or something and yeah. like fall in love doesn't matter what you look like doesn't matter you know what your body's like and I get it for the ratings I mean we know that as YouTubers if you put a bikini girl in the thumbnail it's gonna get views yeah. but like I just think that they should use their power for good a little bit more absolutely yeah. and I, I you know I don't think there's anything wrong with having a guy with a six pack in there or I don't uh, think there's anything I mean, wrong with having a, a size 10 girl in there but we want to see a diverse range of people we don't just want to see one type of person and I don't think that the ratings would dip maybe no. I'm wrong but I just don't think that the ratings would dip if you just included some 
different sized people, different body types. You know what? Whenever I hear anybody talking about Love Island, it's not about wow, um, that they've got such a good body. Wow, like they're so fit. I hear it's them about talk about the drama. Yeah, and... the drama, the people, the interpersonal connections, and that's you know that's fundamentally why we like watching the show is because the 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 people are interesting and funny and. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't really matter what they look like. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely with mm. everybody calling out the show. And I really hope that they listen. And I guess it's too late for this season. But I do hope in for future yeah. uh, seasons that they, that, they, that they do change things up. Because it, it's, it's needed and it's important. And now, and I'm going to be a little bit more passionate about this fact, the lack of LGBT plus inclusion. So mm. I, presumably, because I'm not a big Love Island fan, I'm going to be honest. Please don't come for me on Twitter. Um Presumably there hasn't been any LGBT plus romances on Love Island in the past, or has there? I also am not a big Love Island watcher, so I I don't really know. But um, I'm sure you've heard this 2016, there were two bisexual women on the show. um, And there was a kind of air of question, especially with the viewers, of will they get together or not? And Which I, is exciting. It is exciting. And I believe, um, don't quote me, but they were told by the producers that they had to end up with a boy in order to win the prize at the end. It, or to be in the running to be to win the prize. Which is ridiculous. Why? That is absurd. Why? Absolutely. Why? I think um, it makes it way better if they're like, no, all these boys are trash. The girls are one for me. Do yeah. You know? And surely that would be make much more entertainment entertaining content you know to see to see some lgbt plus inclusion would be great and i I mean i'd be like tuning in like i would i would commit those hours of my day into watching it a bit more yeah if i knew that that was like a possibility but to just hear that they completely shut down the idea i think that's really disrespectful and really really hurtful and you know it contributes to like bio erasure and it's it's, i mean it's more than that it's it's discrimination i would say like that's a horrendous thing to say and i can't believe that that was a thing that actually happened, and I'm really yeah. gl- and I'm really glad that it's come to my attention and that people are talking about this now yeah. because that's 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 just horrible. And if and if their reasoning for that is that they you know they don't want to lose homophobic viewers, then f- fuck your homophobic viewers. This is always my response to things like yeah, they if, weren't your real friends. You know, you do you want people like that watching your content? Yeah, like, like no. If I if I had a TV show, I would happily lose a hundred thousand viewers of that show if it meant they were all bigoted assholes. Like, yeah. I don't want you watching my show. He says, "I don't have a TV show. I don't don't really know how." It but if I but did, if I did, <laughs> I would probably it would probably fail. But yeah. it would be very ethically. Sound. Honestly, the thing that I've learned the most over the years is the more that I've grown up, when I was younger, because I was working in Japan, I had this like kind of um, image that I had to maintain. And there was like a lot of um, like kind of almost like rules of being an idol in Japan, which you have yeah. to conform to. And the more that I've kind of grown up and maybe dip my toe into being a little bit more controversial, but not just that, just standing up for something that you believe in and, and choosing a side. It's so important. And yeah. you, you, you will lose people along the way. But they, you don't want them. Like, honestly, if, if I know that someone's a bigger in my audience, I don't want them watching me. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you're making a stand and you're also, you're being a voice for people who maybe are having trouble having theirs heard. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you know, you're representing and you're inspiring people in the next generation. And every time somebody backs down on this, every time a TV show says, you know what, yeah, we're not going to have LGBT plus characters because we don't want to upset those people. It's... It's almost saying that their opinion is okay. It's yeah. almost telling those people that it's okay to feel this way and that we're listening to your feedback. It's 
you know when it should be fuck your feedback your feedback is bigoted and we're not listening to it should be the response Absolutely. and it's disappointing when it's not and then even more disappointing is that they they just don't have any again it's all just heteronormativity in yeah. the new season and apparently that there's that there's been like hints that there might be a gay romance this summer but i'm like are they just queer baiting okay i feel very strongly i about feel queer very baiting. strongly about queer baiting mm. as well okay good you've made a video on queer baiting yes. before haven't you yeah i had that was probably one of the first pieces of like LGBT It was great. Content. I remember Did watching you? it. Oh, I really, really liked you. it, yeah. I was just, yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like, I just remember, like, feeling like I'd been stabbed in the heart by mm. these YouTubers who were making coming out videos. And I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, I never knew that she was, like, queer or anything. And then, and then, oh, they're not. Oh. I've oh, you're tricked. straight. Oh, great. Okay, sure. I, I, you know, that's, honestly, it's, it's heart-wrenching. It's ridiculous. And if this is the case, I will, I'll be... Coming I'll be them. very vocal on the Twitters. Yeah, completely. If we don't have a gay romance, now we've been promised one yeah. because it's pulling in LGBT plus it viewers. Is. It is, you know, and it's it's not a case of saying like, oh, well, they, you know, they have to like get together. It's don't you know, don't hint at things unless you've got a foundation for what you're saying and you're going to come through on and you know fulfil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, Love Island, do do better, please. Um, we'll be watching and we'll be very loud. Becky will tell all of her followers in Japan I will bang all my pots and pans together <laughs> right in your ear you have I been will, warned I will bang my, I'm going to bring pots and pans into the studio if we if we don't get a gay romance on Love Island and I'm going to make a racket to everyone listening um, we're going to do some sex confessions but um, I'm going to play some of the 1975 do you like 1975 yes this is their new song give yourself a try I love the 1975. Like, it's like they're they're like almost coming for my top spot of favorite band, which is Years Mm. and Years. They're never going to beat Years and Years, let's be honest. But that, like, maybe like a second best. Good. We we love the 1975. Sex confessions. Um, thank you to everybody who has sent them in um, this week. Um, I'm going to jump right in and read you the first one. So. I fancy my best friend. I need to know if this is just a little crush before I tell them. But how long do I wait? Oh, this is this is really tricky, dangerous territory, and it's a really it's such a minefield. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to the person who sent this in that I'm now going to tell you how awful and difficult this is. But um, it's such a complicated thing to try and navigate, like friendship and feelings like colliding because there's so much that can go wrong it can also go very very right as well yeah um but yeah it's it's a scary one can i say something i don't know no you can't no okay goodbye be silent (laughs) leave the studio um i don't know if this is somebody struggling with a same sex issue or not Mm. but um i think it's a really valid point within when you do fancy people of the same sex because I think that the norm that we're told in a heteronormative society is that people of the same gender of you um, are your friends and people of the opposite gender are, um, you know, people who you could maybe date. Yeah. So, for example, whenever I, like, meet boys, sometimes there's an air of, like, oh, like, are we friends or could we date? Yeah. But when I meet, like, girls, it's so hard to, like, first of all, make it known that we're both queer. Second of all, like, are 
you know have that kind of air of oh are we are we becoming friends or are we becoming like more than that and I, I think friendships can you know blossom into a relationship but it's it's a different dynamic in a way it, it, no, unless absolutely. the intent is set out from day one so that's why I think for LGBT people like apps and things like that help make relationships a lot more accessible because you know you, you don't end up just like meeting like girls who you kind of fancy but you don't even know if they're like LGBT let alone you know if, if you could start dating yeah it's, right? it's, it's such a confusing one and I, and I certainly feel that like as a boy mm. um, when I become like really really close with other boys mm-hmm. and we have that friendship that you know so many men out there have and we just have that regular male on male friendship but because I am gay I can't help but kind of think wait could there be something more yeah. here? Especially if your friends are attractive, which so many of mine right? are. Right, exactly. It can be a really confusing area. And I think I've got myself in situations before where I've convinced myself that I've had crushes on my friends. Yeah. And then actually realised, no, you just you just really like them as a friend and you, you've realised that they're attractive and you've, you've almost like fabricated this idea in your head. Yeah. Not that I'm saying that that is the case for this person. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's such a complicated thing. Um, so the person's question was, um, I need to know if this is just a little crush before I tell them, but how long do I wait? I think the only person that knows the answer to that, to that question is you. Um, I think you will know when the right time to tell them is, but I think you need to be really, really careful when you do tell them. And you also need to kind of set your expectations to a reasonable place, because if you're going to tell them in this grandiose way and you're going to expect them to reciprocate those feelings and they don't, that's a lot of unfair pressure to put on that person. Definitely. Which sucks. And it does suck if you have feelings for somebody else, but... You need to go into it. When you do have that conversation with them, you very much need to be ready to accept that they just want to be friends and that they don't reciprocate those feelings. And that can be like one of the hardest things in the world. But you do need to kind of go in with those expectations because it needs to be fair for both of you. And it's very easy to villainize them if they turn around and say, I don't don't have feelings for you. I just want to be friends. But after all, you've started out as a friendship and that, that's like priority number one, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to lose a friend either. Yeah, but also you don't want to like live a live a lie in a sense no. and be wondering like what could have been. So yeah, I, I wish you the best of luck, but you yeah. know, I think judging by right now, you know, this person's obviously like thinking about it a lot. Um, don't like invalidate your feelings. Like you could fancy them. Like if you're thinking about it this much, you probably do. So maybe just, you know, follow your heart. Like what's the worst that can happen? And I don't want to give you false hope either. But there is also the chance that they feel the same. Yes. And you could be missing out on something wonderful. Exactly. But no false hope. Don't, 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 you know, that's a possibility, but it may also not happen. You'll never know until you take action. Yes. Right. So basically the advice Becky and I are giving you is we don't know the answer. Sorry. But maybe, maybe do it and maybe don't. Maybe maybe do, maybe don't. There's fab fab sitting on the fence we advice really from both of us. We really are sitting high up on that fence. <laughs> um, but best of luck to you. We wish you all the best and I hope it works out for you. Um, would you like to read the next one? Sure. So, um, squared up to some guy on the tube because he looked at my hairy underarms with disgust. It's 2018. Ooh, I feel like this is probably a woman. Who sent this I think so, sin? because I've seen a lot of boys with hairy underarms. And, and nobody ever really no, looks at them. No. Um, so we're going to presume that this is a woman who sent this in. And, uh, all right, I'm going to be honest. For I Squaring up to somebody, very violent, very aggressive, and I'm not sure I agree with it. But standing your ground and, and being like, 
somebody looking at you with disgust because you're presenting your natural body is absolutely unacceptable and I'm so on your side um, but also I don't want you to get hurt and also I don't believe violence is ever the answer true true um, when I read this I was like I have nothing but respect for you like I think this I is I do have respect as well I think this is saying. yeah like honestly like, I'm a little bit in awe because I feel like when when something like bad happens or when I like have a situation where someone's like look, giving me a strange look I always just kind of like you know run away you know and I'm, I'm really um, in awe that you can stand up for yourself and you know you know, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for what's right. And I, I do that a lot online, but I think in real life I have a little bit more trouble because I'm always a bit, like, you know, scared of, like, what if the situation escalates? So, obviously, don't be... It, put yourself in danger or anything. But stand up for yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's great because you're going to have made that person think twice about what they've done. Absolutely, which right? is really, really important. Change some minds along the way. Um, yeah, I I am inspired. And it's such to me, it's such a frustrating thing that this is a thing. Like I've got uh, I, I've got two female friends actually, and both of them don't shave their underarms and they don't, they don't shave their legs either. And they say the amount they don't give a shit, which is great. But the amount of people that stare at them because of it, especially when they're on the beach or similar, yeah. And it's 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 so bizarre because that is just literally a woman's natural yeah. body. But yeah. because we've got this warped beauty image body type standard thing. It's become the norm not to have that. But that's literally a person's natural body. That's what it looks like without you tampering with it. Yeah, the modification is the norm. Isn't that strange? You have to go actively out of your way to look like the norm. The norm, The norm, yeah. Yeah, Isn't it strange? It's it's bizarre. Um, So, yeah, respect respect to you. Good for you. Just be safe. Yes. Always put that caveat there. Mm -hmm. Um, I came out to my parents last week, and although they don't understand the LGBT plus community or anything queer related, they were very accepting, and I am excited for the future. Such a relief. That's not even a confession. That's just a celebratory moment. Um, Yeah, a little round of applause for you. what I think is wonderful about that is that the that they've said, you know, that the parents don't necessarily understand the community. They don't understand what it means to be queer. But they're saying, you know what, we, we love you, we support you. And isn't that just a reaction that all parents everywhere should have? Yes. Oh, like this fills my heart with joy. What like what an ending to that story. You know, I came out to my parents and dot, dot, dot. Everything was fine and it was all great. Thank I mean, goodness. even when I started reading that, when I read I came out to my parents last week, my like, mind oh. instantly went to, like, this is going to be a horrible story yeah. because it's, it's such a shame. But, like, that's that's almost becoming the accept not the accepted thing, but it's, it's almost like what we expect yeah. now because we hear so many horror stories of people coming out. And it, it's just refreshing to hear a positive story. Oh, it's so good. It gives me so much hope because, you know what, I think for my coming out journey... One of the hardest things was I literally don't care about what anybody thinks about me. I really care what my parents think about me, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I really care, you know, if they're going to be accepting or not of me. And, and getting the courage to come out was so difficult. And, you know, it was a little bit turbulent, but everything's fine in the end. Yeah. You know, a time, time is a healer as well. And so is, you know, time, education and knowledge. But, you know, it's, it, it is. It's, it's sad that we gear ourselves up to hear a story like that and... Assume it's going assume somewhere it's bad. Go yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you. I'm Good very for happy you. for you. This is the beginning of you living your most authentic life, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Congratulations. Um, today, my husband and I mutually discovered that we are both inf- infected with pubic lice. Neither of us know why we got them. So so gross. 
Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I feel like I should actually, as a sex educator, I feel like I should actually know the answer to this, but I don't. Yeah. Um, presumably, you can actually get pubic lice from. I'm. I think you can get it from like towels, dirty laundry, all kinds can of. You? I think you can. And I should have probably researched this in I advance. I have no idea. Um, but I, I'm. Presumably, there hasn't been any foul play here. Yeah, I think that it would be unfair to both parties to assume that as well. I'm sure that it's is something, you know, something else that we just didn't realise that could, yeah, you know, be caught from. Because there are there are so many STIs. You know, if yeah, somebody had said, yeah. you know, today my husband and I mutually discovered that we've both got gonorrhea and we don't know why, I would be like, I'm really sorry to tell you, but. Um, your husband is cheating on you um, because that would be the only explanation. Yeah, yeah. But with something like pubic lice, I think there are more explanations. Like, yeah. where do they come from in the first place if they're not? I don't think they're always sexually transmitted. You can get them in your eyebrows. Did you know can, this? No. You can get pubic lice <gasps> in your eyebrows. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. Um, also, um, thank you so much for writing into the show about this. Um, but you I, you should definitely check into your clinic or go see a doctor and you can get a little um, cream that you just apply and it gets rid of them really, really easily. Um, it's just that, the, that you've said that we're both infected and not in the past tense. Yeah. So it, it seems yeah, like you still yeah. are. Um, you can get that treated really, really easily and it's, it's, it's nothing to worry about. It's also, and you said at the end, so, so gross. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, either, you don't need to say that. I um, mean, yeah, just, you know, it's part of life. So just get, you know, get it sorted out and then carry on. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, oh, no, wait. I don't think that, Becky, I thought we had time for one more, but we're actually right up to the end of the show. Oh, yeah, and oh. I was getting so carried away that I didn't even realise. Um, it has been an absolute dream to have you on the show. I've wanted to get you to come on the show for so oh, long. Oh, that means a lot to me. Um, and Becky and I have known each other for such a long time. Um, but we we've, we've only just managed to get you here, so it's 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 lovely to no have time this like the moment. present. Um, for anyone listening who wants to check out your stuff, check out your YouTube channel, follow you on social media, which they should do all of those things, where can they do that? You can find me online when you search Becky with two eyes, B E C K I I. Um, on YouTube, I'm on there. I'm on Instagram, Becky Cruel, um, like cruel. You like know. cruel, like evil. Yeah, she's evil. a witch. I know. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, Twitter, Becky Cruel. And on Facebook, if you just search Becky Cruel, you'll find me. Um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you guys online. Yay, Becky. It's been amazing to have you on the show. Thank I cannot you so thank much. you enough. Um, I'm going to play you out with, I think, one of your choices. This is a bit of Lana Del Rey. Yes. Cruel World. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.